open, candid, honest clarity. Let's talk to the newsmakers and politicians and influencers, and let's ask them your questions. Let's be clear. Thanks for listening to the Let's Be Clear podcast. Will Ewick, Chris Canergiani, and Stephanie Metzger. We're talking today about the Hannah Storm Let's Be Clear episode. She is a ceiling buster, if you will. She was in town for the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards, and she has literally done it all, not just in sports, but in broadcasting in general. Well, I remember this day we were waiting for her to arrive, and nothing against her. She was actually in town for a ceremony that was recognizing some Cleveland sports uh, events and athletes. And the time was, you know, 4.30 and then became 4.45 and 5 o'clock. And we're kind of rolling our eyes like, oh, what's going to go on here? Thinking she might kind of wander in and not really be into it. But, you know, when she sat down, she was fully present and really excited and I think really enjoyed the conversation. I felt like we got about 30 minutes of content from her in about 10 minutes where other people sometimes we talk to for 35 minutes and you get about 10 minutes of content. I think a lot of people just don't necessarily, they know her face, they know that she's, you know, your sports center anchor. But I think there are a lot of people who didn't know a lot about Hannah's background. They didn't know about her run-in with Albert Bell and things of that nature. So it seemed like a lot of people were just interested in listening to what she had to say and listening to how she became such a prominent figure in sports media. That famous run-in with Albert Bell. Also, we live in a time with the Me Too movement. We asked her about all this in this edition of the Let's Be Clear podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Be Clear. Hannah Storm joining me. Hannah, you've worked for CBS, NBC, ESPN. I know. <laughs> uh, you've directed, I think, and produced movies. You've yep. written books. Mm-hmm. What drives you? What, what do you keep keep doing this Oh, for? my gosh. I just think that creative bent, you know, just uh, I love being on the air, but I also really like directing and producing. Yeah. Um, I think it just exercises a lot of different muscles. And I love I, the reason I'm in sports is people absolutely fascinate me. You know, what makes them tick? What are their stories? Right. So, you know, sometimes in the course of doing Sports Center, we don't get to go into that. So it's, it's great to sometimes be able to tell stories more in depth. And I, I just love it. The state of Cleveland sports. You're here for the Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland Sports Commission Awards. Everybody's all buzz about Baker Mayfield. Sure. Browns for real. Of Your course. Thoughts. Of course they are. Come on. You got Mayfield and Chubb in the backfield. I mean, the future, I think, is so bright. It was really exciting what the Browns were able to do, win those seven games. Um, my first rehearsal for Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime was actually when Baker came in, the win, free beer for all. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, I love the attitude. I love the swag that he brings to the town. Um, I love I love everything. I love the whole narrative around the Browns right now. Um, I think the last 12 months, I mean, if you look back on it, there's not another city in the country uh, that, that would trade for that. Right? I mean, it was great. It was great. So, you know, you had the Cavs winning the right. conference. You know, you had the Indians winning the division. So across the board, great. I know things have changed a lot, actually, with LeBron gone. Um, but, you know, I think things are cyclical like that. And you have the Browns now rising up and wouldn't that be great if they would make it to the playoffs for the first time since 2002 right Right? I know that's the way everybody's thinking I love that mindset the past is the past and I think the future looks really good and you have the best fan base I mean one of the best fan bases in the entire country we think so it's good to hear that you think so I absolutely I think everybody you know I think that I am far from not alone that was an incredible emotional scene it is a loyal fan base a fan base that's been through a lot but that's what that's what fans are. You know, they retain their love, they retain their passion, 
And um, I love it here, and I really want to see, I really, really want to see Cleveland do well. I really want to call a Browns game for Amazon next year, so I hope they're on the schedule. So you, you mentioned calling the Browns game. You're part of the first ever all-female NFL broadcast. One of the questions yeah. everyone asked me about, hey, you're talking to Hannah Storm, ask her this, ask her this. Yeah. It all has to do with you breaking the glass ceiling. Right. You're an inspiration to a lot of young female reporters out there, young female mm. journalists. Advice-wise, what would you tell them right now? I mean, I think you have to take risks. So I had never done play-by-play, -play, and Amazon came along. They said, listen, we want you to do this. Yeah. We want Andrea Kramer to do the analysis. If you two don't do it, nobody, we're, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it at all. And I was like, well, then we have to, right? If not us, then who? But I had never done it. So it was, it was like jumping off a cliff a little bit, right? And I think that taking risks is something that we do find that some young people are a little afraid of now. They're used to really getting judged heavily on social media and, and, and getting critiqued. So yeah. some of that bravado, some of that determination, maybe it chips away a little bit at that. So I would say, you know, always bet on yourself. And then it's super cliche, but I always say you just got to work really, really hard. You know, that's, that's, that's very basic and it's, it's the key. It really is. So somebody wants to know about the 95 World Series. You probably know where this is going. Oh, yeah, Alvin yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's been a quote tirade that he had. I know, I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something about it right off the top tonight because I just want to get it out there. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the stories that I think people don't know about that, and, um, you know, I was in the dugout, obviously. I was doing a live shot. Uh, for CNN, and I'm pretty pretty determined. And I was like, well, you might be yelling and chasing everybody else out of the dugout, but I have a live shot. I have a job yeah. to do. Well, I'm you staying had, you right had Kenny here. Too, right? you had and Kenny I had Kenny, I had Kenny Lofton on the way. We were going live on CNN, and I'm like, there's no way that you are messing up my life, my job, my livelihood. I have responsibility. So I ended up, of course, stubbornly staying in there, and there was a little bat boy with me. So that, that was set. My, my concern at the time, along with a bit of disbelief as to what was actually going on, was that this little kid was scared. Yeah. And I felt badly for him because he was young, and, you know, this, this guy was, you know, one of his heroes. So that, that, to me, just as an older person, you know, with a young child in there, really, really concerned me. And that was another thing that my, like, protective instincts went up. Um, but... You know, you you look at everything that was happening at the time. He was really struggling, and and the Indians weren't weren't really hitting well. And so you think of all the things that Mike Hargrove was going through, and right. then and then this happens. My God! And all the media was watching. I mean, every imagine if that happened today, how how insane it would yeah. be. And it was, believe me, it was insane then. And he took the time to write me a letter. He must have gone home, and the next day he handed me this incredibly thoughtful uh, apology and letter and it meant so much to me and I'm guessing that he remembers um, writing it I'm gonna ask him tonight but I've always thought so much of Mike Hargrove as a, as a man as a person you know he didn't have to do that and sometimes when things happen to you it, it's a little bit of a lonely feeling um, and to have him reach out to me in that way was, it was really meaningful. A lot of people see you as this trailblazer. Yeah. And they know that there was probably difficult times along the way. Sure. Um, female reporter in locker rooms when that yeah. wasn't common. Right. How much discrimination was there? Do you have a Me Too story? What was it that, that kept you going through all that? You know, I think there were a lot of things along the way. In fact, I did used to cover a lot of baseball, and there's a manager that I won't name, but it was in front of all of the media, and we were all there doing a post-game interview. So, I mean, there were, there were people everywhere. 
And he like looks directly at me and he was like, so do you like baseball? You know, stuff like that. I had a, I had a guy one time strip down, try to block my way out of the locker room. I mean, I had all sorts of crazy things happen um, and some public and some not. And, you know, I just really tried to be as, you know, super professional as I could and, you know, just just forge ahead, you know, and not let, you know, you just can't let things like that stop you because even, you know, I've gotten obviously hate mail and hate, Twitter hate and all of that, but I think you just have to understand that some people are, are uncomfortable, they are, maybe they're ignorant, they're bigoted, whatever it is, they're closed-minded, and you have to understand that's the way they are and there's nothing you can do you know what I mean? You know, because you're in the media. I mean, yeah. there's nothing that you can do to to please that segment of people. So what you have to do is do your best and do your job and not not let that get into your soul and into your heart. Now, is that a tough, tough lesson to learn along the way? Sure. But, you know, I think it's really valuable, and especially now with the proliferation of social media. Well, we're glad you learned that lesson because you yeah. did fantastic work. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And we thank you for being a part of Let's Be Clear. So once we finished recording and uh, Hannah was hurrying back over because the event was about to start, I had to do one other thing, <laughs> and that was follow her and tell her, do you have a minute for a phone call? A friend really wants to say hello, which sounded kind of creepy, I thought, at first. But she graciously accepted the phone, and it was Russ Mitchell, our main anchor, who worked with Hannah many, many years. They're actually very close, and they hadn't talked in a while. And she knew that she was coming to Cleveland, and she wanted to get in touch with Russ, but the way they connected was on the phone. And so we had this had this kind of awkward uh, 10 minutes standing in the lobby of the hotel while they caught up, and I'm standing there with her with my phone. Anyway, she, she really seemed delighted to be able to talk to Russ, and she really said several times afterwards how much she enjoyed the conversation in the Let's Be Clear truck. I think it's really interesting and, and funny sometimes people that aren't in the business of broadcasting or journalism sometimes don't realize how close you have to be to your coworkers because you spend so much time with them in weird situations, whether it be in floodwaters or you're out in a different country with that person and you're not seeing anyone else, including your wife, for a month. You get this special bond because you're with these people. Stephanie, you and I were in Houston floodwaters and Hurricane Harvey together for about two weeks straight. And Chris, you and I have been in some weird situations uh, doing some things. So I, it's it's weird. And then you see that when Hannah and Russ get together, it's like, oh, my God, it's a brother and sister re- almost reunited. Yeah. It had been, I don't know, 10 or 12 years, I think, you know, maybe even longer since they'd worked together. But you do get that kind of foxhole camaraderie with someone when you go through those kind of things. Man, is there anybody that Russ doesn't know? He just seems to know everyone. Just He's to Kevin Bacon of yeah. the broadcast. Everyone spend, loves him. Yeah. To spend a day in his shoes must be really fun. So we go from uh, Hannah Storm to Channing Frye, the recently retired Cleveland Cavalier. What is he going to do now? We ask him a lot of questions in the next edition of the Let's Be Clear podcast.